This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're gardening our way into episode number 38. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. This is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and today we are going to talk about how to give your baby healthy gut flora. We talked a lot last week about the benefits of healthy gut flora, why researchers think that healthy gut flora may be so important. This week we're going to get practical, and we're going to talk a little bit about how to garden and cultivate healthy gut flora for your baby. Moms, this is going to talk a lot about how you can cultivate healthy gut flora inside your body because that is the beginning of baby. And dad, we're actually going to talk to you because you can have an influence on that too. So the first thing to realize is that during pregnancy, your good bacteria, good gut bacteria, which are the lactobacilli, naturally increase during pregnancy. And I'm actually going to link in the show notes to you that this, yes, this has actually been studied. There have actually been trials done, and we actually know that this happens. And I thought that this was just so cool. It wasn't until I, I began to do the research for this episode that I knew that. I mean, I knew that it was important and that the birth canal has an impact on the baby, and that's one of the reasons why I was doing all this research, but it wasn't until I really got in-depth for this episode that I realized, hey, the mom's body is even doing this during pregnancy intentionally, and I guess it shouldn't surprise me, but I am pleasantly surprised, and it's just something else that emphasizes the innate wisdom and the innate beauty of how mom's body works to prepare for her baby's birth, even all throughout pregnancy. I was on, I think it was on one of my school discussion boards the other day for my my own continuing education that one of the students, they were talking about how do you know when labor has begun? And she said something, you know, labor begins the moment that you get pregnant because, um, because it's really true that as soon as you're pregnant, your body is growing your baby and your body is preparing for your baby's birth. And it's just, it's really very cool. What you do and what you eat during pregnancy is quite important. And a lot of that can go a long way towards your baby's health and the health of your baby's gut. And it also has a big benefit for your own gut. Last week, in the episode last week, I talked about the fact that the gut flora is pretty well established around age two, and it's hard to influence that afterwards, and so that's going to be true for you too, but by eating a consistently nourishing diet, you can go a long way to improving your own gut flora, to helping good gut flora get a foothold, and you can go a long way towards giving your baby the best start with good gut flora, perhaps even better gut flora than you had to start with. Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride is a pioneer in this area, and she and other doctors who who have built upon her work have looked into a lot into how you can give healthy gut flora for a, to a baby. 
Dr. Campbell McBride wrote the book Gut and Psychology Syndrome, which you may hear about in, in natural eating circles and natural health circles as the GAPS diet. And essentially, the GAPS diet is geared towards taking and cleaning the slate for, for a damaged gut and helping it heal from all kinds of different things. And uh, Dr. Campbell McBride even feels that this can help with children who have autism or for people who are having emotional issues. There are so many ways that, that addressing the gut can help with that. So she's kind of kind of been on the pioneering forefront of if these families have a GAPS child, a child who they've had to do the GAPS diet for, for whatever reason, for physical or emotional or mental symptoms or whatever is going on there, um, how can that family ensure that new babies coming along after that child or those children are given the best start in life? So you, the, these families are especially concerned and especially motivated to make changes, and so that's where the basis of her research came from, and it's a good starting place for us to talk about. What she recommends is that you start with diet, and you really, really, really look at diet, and you may need to start slowly, especially with some of the things like eating fermented foods, and especially if you're pregnant, but uh, and if you can start this preconception, it's ideal. But you, you do want to build up to more of this. The recommendations begin with avoiding all processed foods. And you've probably heard that a lot. And I, I definitely know that it can be hard. I'll tell you that my, my guilty pleasure during my pregnancies has been uh, pastaroni, shells and white cheddar. So pastaroni, shells and white cheddar, definitely uh, processed food there. And that was, you know, I, I, I had that maybe once or twice a week, but I really enjoyed it and it was really hard to give up. And I haven't had any shells and white cheddar now in quite a while. And my hope is that should we be blessed with another baby, then I will be able to resist it. But I'm telling you that because I know that it's hard. And sometimes, especially for convenience reasons or when nothing else sounds good when you're pregnant, which is often the case, it's hard to cut out processed foods, but if you can, and ideally if you can cut out processed foods in the preconception period, that's very helpful. Along with that, it should go without saying, but just to make sure, you want to eliminate soft drinks, sweets, candies, and as many additives as you can. So regular spices like cumin and cinnamon, if you're going to put that in your oatmeal, or um, thyme, parsley, oregano, you know, those kinds of spices are okay, but you don't want any additives like MSG or food dyes or anything like that. Eating out is really challenging, but I think that every once in a while, if you can, if you can eat out, then you can look for the freshest thing possible, but it's really best to eat at home with fresh ingredients. And you also... In addition to not having processed sugars and sweets, try and minimize the amount of sweets that you're getting because sweets tend to feed the bad stuff, especially yeast. And when you're trying to create a clean environment and encourage good bacteria for your baby, you don't want to be encouraging competition. So eat um, meats and eggs and fish, high-quality dairy, preferably grass-fed raw dairy, plenty of vegetables coming from mineral-rich soil, healthy fats. And if you 
If you want to have sweets, try and make them at home yourself. So a sweet treat every once in a while. Um, sweetened with fruit, preferably, or just fruit, for instance, fruit and uh, and heavy cream poured over it. I mentioned that during one of the fertility podcasts a few weeks ago, and that's one of my kids' favorite treats and one of mine, and it tastes just heavenly, frozen berries with heavy cream. That sort of thing to get your sweet fix is good, apples other fruits, not going overboard with them. But that's what you want to get. You want to have moderate amounts of sweets with mostly savory foods and uh, and all prepared fresh if possible. Another good thing is to have homemade bone broth. This, is, this definitely has the GAPS signature on it because GAPS is very big into these bone broths. They help soothe and heal the digestive system and they will help you during pregnancy. And what, what I mean when I say a bone broth is a homemade stock. So you roast a chicken and then you make stock with the bones. Or you, you get beef bones from your butcher or your local grass-fed farmer and then you make a stock with those. And when those are rich in gelatin, so you can use, I, I would recommend all beef gelatin so that you know you're getting a pure pure good product from grass-fed beef um, you can add that to the stock if you need to but if you're using good bones from grass-fed beef or pasture chickens they're going to be rich in gelatin and you know this because when you put it in the fridge it will probably congeal a little bit when it's cold that tells you that there's a high gelatin content and that is what is really healing to the gut and what will help your digestive system and help those good bacteria to flourish Again, on the fats, make sure that you're eating good fats. And then one of the big things that you want to do is you want to eat fermented foods. Fermented foods, so this is pickles, sauerkraut, uh, kombucha, fermented dairy-like yogurt, and kefir. And I want to point out that fermented, some, sometimes it's called lacto-fermented, fermented foods are different than just, for instance, the pickles that you go pick up off the grocery store shelves. When you look at yogurt, you may have noticed that they boast live active cultures. What that live active cultures means is that the critters that are in the yogurt, that that's actually what turns the milk into yogurt, are still in there. And you, you essentially want that equivalent with anything you get. So pickles and sauerkraut that are made with just vinegar, those aren't lacto-fermented. They don't have those lactobacilli, those good critters in them. So you want, you want to get yogurt, kefir, and any lacto-fermented vegetables. You actually want them to be lacto-fermented. You actually want them to have those, that good bacteria in it. And you can usually buy yogurt and kefir in the store that says live active cultures but making it at home will probably give you a richer product and there are some brands of fermented vegetables like kimchi and sauerkraut and pickles um, boobies pickles and sauerkraut and I think Sanjay or maybe Sonia's I can't remember and I'm not looking at it right now I'm sorry but those brands of fermented vegetables are have live active cultures in them but if it's done in just vinegar then it doesn't and usually again the best bet is to make it yourself um, and then most kombucha which is a drink a tea that you can get most kombuchas are live active cultures so if you can buy it in the store I think GT kombucha is a brand name 
then those usually, they already have the live active cultures and you can feel pretty confident in those. But any of those foods, you need to increase eating those fermented foods gradually. And, and this, you may be eating yogurt on a regular basis and you could increase the yogurt, but especially if you're doing something stronger like the kombucha or lacto-fermented vegetables, eat them in small amounts. Think of them like condiments and... They're not an optional part of your pregnancy diet. I definitely think that you should have them. But if you haven't had them a lot lately, don't just go out and start gorging yourself. Think of them as a condiment. Eat a small amount. Drink a little bit, for instance, of kombucha tea. And so I'm talking like a shot glass full, like a a couple of ounces and then up to four ounces. And then you may increase. But with kombucha especially or beet kvass, those are both very powerful fermented drinks. And I wouldn't go above four ounces or so of that during pregnancy. Um, so, you know, about half a cup a day. And they come in smaller bottles, so maybe about half a bottle a day if you enjoy that. I really love kombucha, so it's something that I tend to splurge on during pregnancy. But, again, build up to it. Build up to the amount of sauerkraut that you're eating. Maybe this is the reason why pregnant women love pickles and ice cream because pickles traditionally were fermented and ice cream uh, traditionally was made with heavy cream and fat and egg yolks so you know a total brain boost for your baby there and maybe that's why pregnant women loved pickles and ice cream I don't know for sure but again that those fermented foods you want to get them during pregnancy and you want to build up to it so don't just start eating the entire jar of pickles right away build up to it um Again, we've sort of talked about dairy products. I'm looking over my notes here to make sure that I haven't eaten anything. Oh, another thing that you can do, in addition to the veggies that are coming out of rich soils, soils rich in minerals, then you eating liver and organ meats, those are kind of the meat equivalent of really high-quality veggies because these organ meats are just rich in a lot of nutrients for your body. They're very good for your body, very good for your baby. Eating, eating liver or organ meats once a week or so, that's what has been recommended pretty much uh, traditionally. So doctors used to recommend it. They don't anymore. We can have a whole episode on that. But used to recommend it once a week, and many midwives still recommend it once a week. And it's very good. Lots of nutrients, and just all of those nutrients coming into your body help to nourish your body, and they help your body to nourish healthy gut flora. Probiotics, fermented foods have probiotics built into them. That's what the live active cultures are. But when I talk about taking probiotics, usually this is a powder or a capsule form, and you can take this orally. This is what we talked about last week, that the the initial results in these probiotic trials have been pretty disappointing. So they may change the gut bacteria temporarily while you're taking it, but it doesn't seem to last. However, they may change the gut bacteria temporarily while you're taking it, and that's beneficial for your baby. A good quality probiotic can be pretty expensive. So if you're on a budget, my recommendation is to eat gradually build up, but then eat lots of fermented foods every day, what we just talked about, sauerkraut, yogurt, all of that stuff. Eat that every day, which is much more economical. And then in, say, from 36 weeks on, so the last month of your pregnancy, or maybe from 34 weeks on to the last six weeks or so, get a good quality probiotic and take it every day. And we're also going to talk in a minute here about vaginal applications, which I think may even be a better use for it, to be honest. 
but it can create change while you're taking it regularly. And this would be the time out of any other time in your life that you want to take a good quality probiotic regularly and keep your gut flora better, even if it shifts back to maybe non-optimal after your baby's born. The point is, is that during your baby's last few weeks in the womb, the baby's getting that if... As we talked about last week, the baby's gut is being slightly colonized during pregnancy, which is being hypothesized now. And especially, especially, especially during your baby's birth, the birth canal is going to have those good bacteria proliferating in there and helping to colonize baby's gut with good food. Uh, Another thing that you can consider is avoiding GMO foods, avoid chemicals, avoid environmental things. All, All of those things can really wreak havoc on the gut, can compromise the body's ability to take care of itself. Um, remember not to get stressed out about all this, but do be aware of it. Do be conscious of it. Okay. Now, again, during the preconception period, You want to be really aware of what's going on if possible, but let's talk mostly about pregnancy. So how to prepare the birth canal. And this, I I mentioned this a little bit last week, and this is what I did with Corwin. And I did this because, well, I I declined to have a strep B swab during my 36-week appointment with my midwife because I just, I don't feel like it's an issue for me and I didn't want to have it, but my midwife has a protocol that she gives to strep B positive moms and she asks that any moms who decline the strep B swab also follow this protocol. And so I went over the protocol and I did actually end up following it because it's just, it's a little bit of extra vitamin C, a couple garlic capsules, which gave me horrible heartburn. But, um, but a couple of garlic capsules every day and then probiotics. But it got me really looking into probiotics. And I found information on helping prepare the gut birth canal to help prepare baby's gut. And I also, it brought back to mind everything that I had read when I read Dr. Campbell McBride's book about preparing for a baby uh, after your family has been on gaps, which my family's never actually been officially on gaps, but I've read all about it just because of my own interest. So what what I saw suggested was actually literally preparing the birth canal. And it's very interesting. I went to a workshop a couple months ago now, but but it's been recently. And the midwife that was speaking on the second day of the workshop, Gail Hart, she was talking about creating a healthy vaginal flora for the mom. And she talked about some of these same things. And so she was talking about just for all women, especially, but especially women who struggle with vaginal infections or yeast. And, and, but this is talking specifically about preparing for a new baby, but it was all very similar. So it was very interesting. So preparing the birth canal, this is actual physical preparation of the birth canal. And you can do this by applying yogurt or kefir to the vaginal area every day after you, you shower. And Dr. Campbell McBride, the GAPS doctor, she recommends that you put a probiotic capsule in at bedtime once a week. So I did kind of a combination hybrid of this leading up to Corwin's birth for about the past, the last four weeks. I think I started it at 36 weeks. So every day when I got out of my shower, I took a 
a spoonful of yogurt and I'm talking it doesn't have to be a lot just a tiny amount like half a teaspoon and I broke open one probiotic capsule and I mixed it together and then I applied that to uh to around the birth canal area and then I, I sat on the toilet for a few minutes to let it dry and then put on undies and you can just you can just literally apply and go you you may want to sit for a minute because it can be drippy uh, sit for a minute but just apply and go and essentially what this does is it directly delivers those probiotics those lactobacilli that good stuff directly delivers that stuff to the birth canal and helps colonize I ended last week's episode talking about how you don't want people's fingers up in the birth canal doing all kinds of vaginal exams, and I am totally standing by that. But I think that this is different. This is you in your own home environment introducing beneficial bacteria with your clean fingers. I mean, your hands are made to know your body, so this is different. Or, I mean, even having your husband do this, but again, we're going to talk about you guys' dads in just a minute. Uh, so, but you're actually doing this application and in Gail Hart's workshop that I did a couple months ago, she talked about this too, for women to do this, that were struggling with recurrent vaginal infections or problems like that. And she says that she feels that kefir, which is another cultured milk product like yogurt, she feels that kefir is even stronger, has more bacteria in it and kefir is very easy to make at home i we hadn't we started it about a year ago so it, this was after cormon was born excuse me but we've had our own kefir culture going in the house now and we usually make our kefir into kefir cheese but you can bet that if we were going to have another baby i would be using our own homegrown so to speak homegrown kefir with the probiotic capsule so that is a very easy way in the last few weeks to directly help populate the birth canal with beneficial bacteria. And again, I, you could do the kefir and yogurt all throughout your pregnancy, but probiotic capsules, good quality ones, tend to be pretty expensive. So you may want to do that just in the last month leading up to birth. But those higher quality probiotic capsules have a lot of good bacteria to help populate uh, populate inside there for when your baby comes through and therefore to help populate his or her gut. Okay, dads, let's talk about you for a bit, daddy. Okay, so dad, when you're, when mom and dad make love, it, it creates a bacterial interaction going on there. And sometimes dad, during an ejaculation, if you have not so great bacteria going on, then that can influence mom. Uh, some people recommend that you abstain from intercourse in the last few weeks leading up to birth. And I, I guess I just don't really like that thought, though I know that some families really, that's no problem for them and some moms prefer that, but that's never been my preference. Um, so my recommendation would be for you, Dad, to go back and listen to everything that we've just talked about from Mom. And that you go ahead and you pay attention to your diet and you eat plenty of fermented foods and you make sure that you're getting plenty of healthy critters going on in your gut and in your body. And that will help you to make sure that anything that's coming out of you is, is going to be better for Mom. 
so the pH, the normal pH of the vagina is fairly acidic, and the normal pH of semen is fairly basic. So there's automatically kind of an interplay going on there. And, and when a woman is fertile, things tend to be more basic inside of her too to help encourage more alkaline, to help encourage the sperm. But otherwise, mom tends to be pretty acid, dad tends to be pretty alkaline, and so there's that automatically going on. And if there's frequent lovemaking going on, then that that can be irritating for physical and chemical reasons. But, uh, and you know, I can't really quantify what would be frequent for you or what would be mod- moderate for you, and maybe I'm even presumptuous to be suggesting it. But if mom is feeling irritated, then you may want to look at that. But also look at what dad's eating, and maybe in the last few weeks preparing for birth, especially if you're not going to abstain, dad also takes a high-quality probiotic uh, to make sure that, that there's nothing going on that could that could cause upset. Another thing to consider, this is for both you, mom and dad, is don't use harsh soaps in the shower. So rinse off with warm water, but otherwise, as long as you're, you're getting in the high quality probiotics, the probiotic foods, you don't want to wash away the natural, the natural oils and also the natural microbiota that are on the skin with harsh soaps. Why? Because that that leaves a cleaner slate for the bad guys to proliferate. So especially in those last weeks when you're bathing, bathe with warm water, rinse with warm running water so that you're getting clean, but don't use harsh soaps. And certainly no douches, no spermicides, uh, try and avoid tampons for any reason, you know, any time. Um, The reason why I mentioned tampons is because I'm looking at my notes and Gail Hart noted that a woman can put the yogurt or the kefir on a tampon to apply it. But during pregnancy, I wouldn't recommend that. Just use your finger to to wipe it up there. Um, Avoid getting real sweaty in that area. So ladies lose flowing dresses and guys, you know, just change your skivvies when, when they get sweaty. That way you're not encouraging anything icky to anything icky to grow in there okay and then other issues let's talk a little bit after baby's born so we've talked some and I want to try and wrap this up so we're not going too long but so baby has been born the first thing that you want to do is baby needs to come up on you and you need to enjoy baby and you're not letting baby get taken away to be rubbed down or wiped off right away or Please no bathing right away so that that vernix that's on baby um, and the, the birthing fluids and things that are on baby, those are able to be rubbed into the skin and do what they need to do and baby is okay and you're okay and the hormonal things that need to happen because of all that is happening but also all those secretions which could lead to good uh, microbiota are coming onto your baby. And then thereafter, don't give your baby frequent baths. You may need to clean behind the ears where milk crusts up and you want to keep around the umbilical cord clean, but warm water is really sufficient for that. So clean the creases where milk and, and stuff is has built up, but otherwise, don't bathe your baby a lot. Let all of the bacteria that are supposed to be on there be on there doing what they're supposed to do. Then with feeding... You definitely, 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 definitely want to breastfeed your baby because your baby, and you may want to consider the probiotics along these lines. You may want to consider continuing the probiotics through your baby's first few weeks. 
Okay, so yes, you want to breastfeed baby, and that gives baby lots of live active cultures, live enzymes, live um, immune protection, all of that's going on. So you want to be giving your baby human milk. You want ideally for it to be human milk right from the breast so that baby is getting it raw, essentially. That's what you want your baby to have raw milk. And then when you are introducing solids to your baby, be intentional and be careful with what you're giving your baby to begin with. So you may want to begin with something gentle like um, stock or some families feel okay with starting yogurt this early. Other families prefer to wait eight or till eight or nine months, but you can give yogurt or kefir a cultured milk product before a year. Usually it's recommended that you wait till a year to give milk itself. But you can give baby stock if you feel comfortable starting in the first week. So this is six to eight months is usually when most babies start solids. And I'm not going to go into a huge discussion on when to start. But start with the meat stock. And that's coming from a, a homemade bone broth like we talked about earlier. Perhaps a yogurt. And uh, some families like egg yolks gently cooked, but, but really uh, stocks, meats, and, and then veggies that you've prepared. So a sweet potato, fermented sweet potato, such as in the cookbook nourishing traditions, could be a good idea. Some families like to start with vegetable juices, and that's very fresh, just juiced ones. Uh, but you can do a vegetable soup or veggie purees and just boiled meats at home, yogurts, avocado and bananas can be given pretty soon off the bat. Some families like to start with those. And you're so you're just starting, but you'll notice these are all unprocessed foods or the only processing that they have is that you've pureed them for the baby. And they're very nourishing and things like the broths and the yogurt, things that help build the baby's gut. So you want to keep building up to helping the baby's gut to to continue to to establish good flora and throughout all of this you want to be breastfeeding and then otherwise aside from all of that you really want to try and avoid chemicals and things for your baby I know it can't is for many families it's not realistic for everything to be organic which is why I stress food so try as hard as you can to get the highest quality food that you can and then try and avoid chemicals try and avoid environmental pollutants you know if you can organic cotton simple cotton clothes and uh, wooden toys or other natural material toys for your baby but sometimes plastics and things like that creep in. The important thing is the net effect that you're trying to work to keep your baby's food and environment as chemical free as possible. And all of that, excuse me, all of that really helps your baby and helps protect that gut flora that you've been working so hard to develop. Okay, please if you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes or Stitcher or any podcast directory where you may have found this and leave a rating. I always appreciate getting ratings because it helps get the word out about the podcast to other families. The more ratings we get, the more families, the more moms and dads I can share with. And I just have so much that I want to share. And I really appreciate that you giving a rating or even taking a minute to give a comment. 
you can always let me know what you'd like to hear about. You can let me know what you like, what you'd like me to improve on. I always love to get feedback from you. And if you are preparing for your sweet new baby or you're getting ready to conceive, please head over to TrustBirth101.com. That's TrustBirth101.com. And you can sign up for my free guide to natural birth. I've got lots of tips on healthy pregnancy, tips on preparing for birth, letting go of worries about uh, pain, letting go of fears about birth, and lots of tips on how to grow a healthy baby and how to bring up a sweet, healthy baby after your baby has arrived. So head over to TrustBirth101.com and pick up your freebies, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.